0: Hello, everyone. I hope you are ready to open God's word together and see what the Holy Spirit might be bringing to life in us for the sake of what he wants to do in the world through us, even in the week ahead. Uh, we are here as part of our Heaven Sent uh, big series we're picking that theme up again in the book of Acts. We're reminded by the arrows that are behind me and that the Holy Spirit came down, the fire of God came down at Pentecost and the Holy Spirit came and filled a group of ordinary people like you and me, but filled them with the Holy Spirit and the church was born. And we'll see in the book of Acts that then the people of God were then sent out. The fire came down, the people were sent out and the glory of god went up you know that's still the 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 heart of god today for you and i is that he continually fill and refill his people that we might go out and be scattered as witnesses everywhere that he sends us to all nations to every point of the compass and that we would give glory to Him through our lives. And I know you are interested in your part in all of that, because you, like me, probably are trying to figure out how, especially in this kind of bizarre year we're in, how how do you set the right priorities? And what does it mean? In fact, what does it mean to be the church? We're going to be exploring, what does that really mean? Uh, Maybe it's not all the things that we thought it was. And, And what do we do about all the brokenness that there is in our society? and in us. In fact, we're going to be looking at today the second part of a message on the breakthrough. Last week, we looked at how God, how heaven broke through on the day of Pentecost, the barriers of silence and distance. And amazingly, people like you and I gathered in Jerusalem for a feast were filled with the Holy Spirit. And every single person that was gathered there, there was like tongues of fire and they began speaking and praying out in the spirit. Uh, And amazing things happened and the world has been turned upside down and because of what happened in that upper room, the lives of billions of people over the last 2000 years were changed for eternity. It's quite a remarkable thing. So the heaven broke through the, the silence barrier, and the distance barrier. No longer was the Holy Spirit around them, but now was dwelling in them, the resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead. As Jesus promised is now uh, poured out on them and now they were his witnesses and they were gonna become his witnesses everywhere around the world. It's an amazing thing. Uh, And so today we're gonna pick up this story, but we're gonna look at how on the day of Pentecost, we can see God's heart to break through the barriers of race, and age and gender. This was God's heart. This is God's heart. To have no barriers of this sort. The the, the tragic thing is, and this has really been brought to light by recent books and by all that's happened over this summer period, uh, the, the racism that exists so deeply in most societies and definitely in our Western society there's been, importantly, a prophetic call out to see those barriers broken down. And the sad reality, friends, and church family, the sad reality is there's racism in all of us. As in, sometimes it's so hidden deep within us, that there are prejudices that go so deeply. There's, there's even kind of hidden uh, hatreds. And I know we don't like admitting that, but, but it's important to understand that there, there's not only racism in the world, but there's racism in the church. And there's even racism in Wellspring Church. And I, I hate to admit that, family, but there is because it, it's hidden in us. Some, sometimes it's inbuilt and no one wants this. No one chooses this. I know Helen and I certainly don't want that to be the case. In fact, we're drawing near to the Lord in prayer and saying, Lord, would you show us in our church family what it really means to be united by the Holy Spirit without prejudice, without favoritisms. And, and not only that, there, there are division, between, there are divisions between the, the ages, the generations, there's bitternesses and arrogances that, that are not God's intention. And we'll read about that in just a moment. And there's also, a kind of a gender war in many parts of the church. This is why Helen and I wrote the book, No More Friendly Fire, because we want to see an ending of the gender war in the church. But in so many ways, we have so far to go. And and what we need isn't some self-help programme. What we need isn't some six-point guide. I'm telling you what we need. We need God the Holy Spirit to visit us again and to heal our hearts and to do what he did again, to do what he did on the day of Pentecost again and to break down the barriers. So this is Breakthrough Part 2, and we're going to turn to the Book of Acts, Chapter 2. And here we have Dr. Luke, who wrote Luke and, which is the Gospel, and then the Book of Acts, to give account for what he experienced and what he saw, and what he saw amazed him. And in fact, throughout the Book of Acts, you'll see he's amazed that the Gentiles, the non-Jews, are grafted in as equal members to the people of God as the Jews, And now God has created and birthed the church, which is people from all nations. And Luke's amazed by this. And we'll see this in Acts chapter two. So let's have a look at uh, chapter two. We're going to pick up the story after they uh, have begun to pray in loads of different languages and the Holy Spirit enabled them to speak languages they'd never learned. What a phenomenon. So this is some of your Wellspring family reading from verse five of Acts chapter two. There were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers.
1: They were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Parthians,
0: Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia,
1: Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia,
0: Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt and the areas of Libya around Cyrene,
1: visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs.
0: And we hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What
1: can this mean? They asked each other.
0: But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying,
1: They're just drunk, that's all.
0: Don't you love this? What an amazing story. You've got Galileans, not the most educated people in the first century in that part of the world, not respected for their linguistic capability. They were the fishermen. They lived in outlying areas. They, they weren't known to be great linguists. But here, if fluently in the great city of Jerusalem, where there's people from, and if you see this map, you'll see people gathered from uh, the east all the way through around uh, to the south. There are people as far as Rome from parts of Mesopotamia, the Elamites, the people from Libya, and, and they gather gathered together in Jerusalem as part of the great Pentecost feast. And here they are, and they hear a bunch of Galileans spilling out of this room, quite amazed and filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit. And they, they, they spill out of this upper room and they're praising God fluently in languages that they never learned. You see here, God is making a massive statement, a huge statement about his intention for the nations. And that is for every nation to give him praise. And so this is God's heart and his desire. The race barrier gets broken in a really beautiful way. And, they, and it's like they're drunk and people are like, how can I be drunk? And, uh, and Peter, who wasn't the most um, eloquent person before this day, but filled with the Holy Spirit and given what he's seen of the resurrection of Christ, this man is literally on fire. And the Apostle Peter stands up in front of this crowd who are trying to figure out what's happened. And this is what happens next. So let's read from verse 14 to 21.
1: Then Peter stepped forward with the eleven other apostles and shouted to the crowd.
0: These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel.
1: In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire are clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark, and the moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be
0: saved. What a day and what the big, that's a great opener uh, to his sermon. And we'll see more of that over the next few weeks, this amazing sermon of Peter. But he quotes the, the prophet Joel, who hundreds of years before had prophesied the same thing that Ezekiel saw and others saw, and that was that the Holy Spirit was to be poured out, not kind of selectively visiting people, uh, the priests or special leaders or kings or even just the prophets. But there was gonna come a time, Joel said, when the Holy Spirit, as it says in verse 17, would be poured out upon all people. And Peter says, you know that promise You've read this, you've heard this talked about in the synagogue. Well, you know that promise, that promise is now fulfilled on the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit poured out on all people. This is, this is heaven breaking through the race barrier. Now let's be really clear about this. What we read from this is not God's heart to create one language, but his desire to reveal himself in every language. There's a profound difference. God's desire is not for a monocultural church, but for a culturally diverse church. That's his desire. That's his hope. That's what he achieves on the day of Pentecost, because they're all speaking different languages. And Peter says, yeah, that's how this was meant to be. The Holy Spirit poured out on all people of every different language, whether you're from Rome or from Libya. Mesopotamia or Elam wherever you're from guess what the the God is speaking from heaven to you of all the wonderful things he has done that the resurrection power might be available to all cultures here God breaks through the race barrier between us you see we've all got a them and us we've got our favorites and and here God says look I've got no favorites And that's the story of the whole of Acts. God doesn't have favourites. He has chosen to reveal himself in Christ to people of every tribe and tongue and nation. And as John had that vision of heaven in the book of Revelation, there's people of every tribe and tongue and nation gathered around the throne of God's grace. This is God's heart. Not Not by diminishing the uniquenesses of each culture, but actually by uniting the diversity around his greatness and around everything that is good. God does not want to remove our uniqueness he created our uniqueness. He created our diversity. He speaks every language ever known, every dialect ever discovered, even those that are not spoken anymore and now just on a piece of papyrus or found in a cave in deepest Africa. Do you know what? He, he speaks and has spoken every language on the planet. And he still does today. And he has no favorites. Thank God that he's not white or black, but he created a whiteness and blackness. He created who we really are out of his generous creativity. It's, if you had a collection of balloons of all different colours, imagine, imagine he, he, he breathed into the uniqueness of those balloons, different shapes and sizes and colours, and the, the Holy Spirit comes to breathe into each and every one that what is there is a spirit-filled church of rich variety. Uh, that's God's heart. Uh, and let's be really honest, it's not always been our experience. And I wish, I wish there was some quick thing that we could do. I wish there was some quick thing we could do to heal it. All I know to do, friends and church family, is to ask for the Holy Spirit to change us and to break down those barriers we put up, to break them down again and to keep breaking them down when we see the barriers, to break them down, the things that make them and us. So until it becomes an us and him, So, heaven breaks through the barriers of race. Heaven breaks through the barriers of age, says your sons and daughters will prophesy. Do you know, you don't have to be a certain age to be filled with the Holy Spirit. There's no retirement in the kingdom of God. You need to hear this. Someone, you're watching this and you need to hear this. God has not written you off. He has not retired you. He has work for you to do. And while other people have said, you're too old, heaven says, just let me fill you again with the Holy Spirit and you can go again and dream again. And the old men will dream dreams, hallelujah. And the young men will prophesy and speak words of truth. This is God's desire. It is his heart expressed through the prophet Joel. Peter says, now that is available because of the Holy Spirit. And I say now to you and to me, this is still his desire in his heart. And this is available for you and I. So if you think you're too old, you're wrong the Holy Spirit still wants to fill you afresh, give you fresh spiritual gifts, to have the fruit of His Spirit flowing through your life and for you to be used as a witness of His good news, for you to be used as a transformer of society. God has not written you off, but I also wanna say you don't have to grow up before you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Please hear me today. You don't have to be a certain age. This is not like a driving test that you can't drive until you pass the test. I'm telling you, the only thing you need as we looked at last week is to have humility, to make yourself available and to be united with others. And then you can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to be old enough to receive the fullness of God by his Holy Spirit. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Heaven broke through the barriers of the generations and he's still doing that today. So be gone with our bitterness about things aren't like they were for me or they, they're they better for you or whatever. Or you're even oh young people these days, you, said, you know, I'll tell you, God is doing great things amongst our young people in Wellspring Church, and they are being filled and learning about the Holy Spirit even today. And they're being filled with more of his power. They're going to do even greater things than we did. But whether they do more or not than the previous generation, God has broken through all that rubbish and his desire is to work amongst our, the grandparent generation, the parent generation and the youngest, generation his desire to break down all those barriers. Heaven broke through the barriers of age and finally we celebrate the Holy Spirit breaks through the barriers of the gender war and that still sadly rages as I've already said. He says in those days I'll pour out my spirit even on my servants men and women alike and they will prophesy. Friends, brothers, and sisters, on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was poured out equally on men and women. He didn't show favoritism. He didn't prefer to use men in those days, and He doesn't prefer to use men now. He wants to pour out His Holy Spirit on you. And the sooner we realize that the barriers, between the genders in this area need to be broken. The sooner we realise that that's true for us today, the more united we are in our pursuit of him, the more we'll see his kingdom come in us and through us for his glory. So there's a past and a present and a future element to this. In the past, the Holy Spirit was sent as was promised. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit spent and they experienced him in the now. This was what Joel promised. Acts 2 says, this is what is to be experienced today. But there's also a future element to this. And when the Apostle Paul wrote the book of Ephesians, he described the Holy Spirit as a guarantee of our future inheritance. This is what it says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 14. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. You see, this is not just about yesterday or even just about today, but this is the seal, the guarantee of our inheritance. Like Paul wrote in Galatians, the Holy Spirit of adoption is the one who enables us to cry out, Abba, Father, and confirms that we are adopted into God's eternal family. Well, here he says the Holy Spirit is the seal of our inheritance, the promise that we'll spend eternity with him. Isn't that an amazing thing? You and I can know assurance because of the Holy Spirit that there is a place for us. He's gone ahead to prepare a room for us. And the Holy Spirit says, yes, that's true, even for you. So here's some thoughts. You might want to bear some of these things in mind as we read through New Testament books in our reading plan, as we go through the book of Acts Sunday after Sunday, you might want to think about these things, but maybe you'd also think about them in your workplace or where you study or where you live, because this will help you this week. You see, we are called to have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. And when we do, a number of things happen. Firstly, the Holy Spirit changes our hearts from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. When we really allow the Holy Spirit to do His work and say, Holy Spirit, have your way, He changes our hearts He renews our minds and we think differently. He gives us a new world view. So he changes our hearts and he renews our minds in a beautiful way. Do you know what he also does? He also silences our fears. When the Holy Spirit comes and fills us with peace and with goodness, our fears are silenced. My prayer is that you might know the more of the joy of the Holy Spirit and all the fears and anxieties that bug you would be silenced in the name of Jesus. Fourthly, the Holy Spirit is the fuel for our mission and actually the fuel for god's dreams for us you know god has dreams for his people and the holy spirit is the when we have a personal relationship Him. the holy spirit is like the fuel in our engine it gives us energy to do crazy things to to do generous things to do uh, risky things to take risks and to believe for more than we've seen before that it, it, this is dream fuel and when you walk with the holy spirit in your workplace Whatever anxieties try, as he silenced the fears, he's also going to bring fuel to your dreams. And I speak that over you in Jesus name. But not only that, he also guides our steps. And I finish with this. My prayer today is that you, not only would be filled with the Holy Spirit, but you would know the guiding of your steps in the coming week. There's that phone call he prompts you to make that text message he prompts you to send to someone who needs something. Or maybe it's that gift that the Holy Spirit wants you to give, uh, a gift to missions, a gift to someone else, giving of your time and your talents. The Holy Spirit might want to guide your steps and nudge you to do something crazily generous, crazily adventurous. May the Holy Spirit change Your heart. May the Holy Spirit renew our minds. May the Holy Spirit silence your fears. May the Holy Spirit today, and this is my prayer, fuel God's dreams in your life. And I pray that this week the Holy Spirit will guide your steps in Jesus' name. All glory to him. Amen.